All right, we're visiting with John Little, the voice of news on KRLD in Dallas and former sports director here at KWEY, the Coyote. John, how are you doing today? Yeah, are you sitting in my office right now? I, I may be. Uh, is, this, is this the old abode? I think it is. Did you I have the far north office? I did. I okay, did. Yeah. I got to see all the storms blowing in and that sort of thing. <laughs> we don't get that too much in western Oklahoma anymore. Of oh, course, man. when it comes, it all comes in one one big batch but how are you doing exactly oh man i'm i'm doing really well summer's been good summer is a little bit uh less taxing on the schedule than fall through spring uh but it's always nice to have a little bit of a break and you know it will be really getting back after it here in late august well just for anyone who's listening and and doesn't know you were a former sports director here for Wright Radio in Weatherford and Clinton Elk City and did a great job, voice of the Swasu Bulldogs here. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, when I throw the name John Little out here, they they look at me like, buddy, you've got a lot to live up to. Well, it, you're you're very kind. And if that's really the case, then everybody else is very kind as well. I loved my time in Western Oklahoma, um, especially the people. There are no better people uh, out there than Western Oklahomans. And you just felt like um, everybody really appreciated, um, you know, what you brought to the table. And just such a great mentality in Western Oklahoma, the hardworking people, the people that band together, a family atmosphere, everybody's in it for each other. I just... um, you know, whenever I run into somebody from Western Oklahoma or with Western Oklahoma ties, I'm so excited to say, hey, do you know this person or do you know that person from Thomas or Elk or, you know, Calumet or whatever? I, I just uh, I just I love Western Oklahoma. I enjoyed my time so much and I will always remember it so fondly. So you were right after Chuck Edwards or or was there somebody yeah. in between? No, I was right after Chuck. Um, Chuck stayed on part-time doing the daily sportscast for a couple years, and then I took that over. Um, but I took over from him as the voice of Swasu and Weatherford High for the 2008-2009 season, and I was there for eight athletic years. That's kind of how I think of it. But, uh, yeah, they're from 2008 to 2016. Yeah. And uh, you moved it to the Metroplex and uh, are just currently dominating DFW radio, as I see it. Oh, come on so, now. Uh, come on now. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying. No, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm at KRLD. It's a news station there in Dallas. And you know what? At night, you know, I don't want anybody to turn away from the fine stations at uh, at Right Radio. But at night, I, I think you could probably get uh, 1080 AM on your yeah. dial. You know, the, uh, the, the so, um, you know, uh, when you're driving along 54, just uh, flip on over, see if you can catch 1080 every now and then. But, yeah, been here for uh, five years at KRLD. I have um, been part of the news department for uh, about three and a half years now. And right now my hours are 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. So I'm more of a midday type of anchor at this point, but I'm just having a blast. I, I never saw myself as the Mike Smith of Dallas, um, but that's kind of what uh, I've uh, not, uh, not exactly what I've turned into. I don't know as much as yeah. Mike does uh, about Western Oklahoma, but you know, I, I never saw myself as purely a news guy, but as far as my full-time job, that's what I am. And um it's it, it's a pretty cool blessing to see just how things evolve over time. And, you know, you get opportunities that you're not expecting. 
I uh, filled in for Mike while he was on vacation the last ten days. He came back yesterday, and I I almost kissed him. He was he oh, was a welcome absolutely. sight. Absolutely, absolutely. He could not have probably come back from Ohio any faster. Did he no, go to Ohio, no. or did he just stick around here? Yeah, he went to Ohio, saw saw the family and stuff. So, good, uh, good, he took, good to hear. We we do an election night, uh, primary election night coverage on a Tuesday right. night. He's gone the next day, and there I am, three months on the job, trying to fill fill his shoes for ten days. So. Uh, what little dark hair I had left, it's, uh, it's turned gray now, but no, you're exactly right. And I tell you, um, you know, like I said, you are just a, a man of many, many facets. And I tell you, I reached out to you some years back when I was doing some sports talk in, uh, Seymour, Wichita Falls, because I knew you had connections with Weatherford. I knew you had, and you were at the time, uh, on the broadcast team for North Texas Mean Green Football. And mm-hmm. I was wanting to try to get some exposure for a group of five football in North Texas. And you were awesome to uh, take time and visit with us and, and just so, so uh, wonderful at articulating what was going on with those programs. But I know from talking to you that FCS and particularly uh, women's basketball is really uh, your wheelhouse. And what are you, what do you have going on this, uh, this fall that's going to be kind of uh covering all of that for you. I tell you, whatever pays me, that's my wheelhouse right there. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, FCS football is one of those things. Uh, I'll be doing Tarleton ESPN plus games. So that's just, uh, that's the the broadcast that originates from Tarleton that airs on ESPN plus. Okay. Uh, they're new to D1, they're FCS uh, kind of in transition. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I should do some Southland games as well this year. Southland's been in the news here recently. Um, you know, just uh, with schools jumping around, um, you know, the couple of their schools are about to go to the WAC. Instead, they decided to stay in the Southland, UIW and Lamar. Southland's on pretty good footing. And so we'll be doing some FCS games there. Um, in addition, hey, just whatever else comes my way, man. Um, so on the football side, yeah. And on the basketball side, yes, I love doing as much women's basketball as possible. I've been able to do the Southland women's basketball tournament the last two years, which has been absolutely huge. Um, this last year, I even got to do the final. Sometimes they farm that out to more of a network type person. But this year, I got to do it on CBS Sports Network. That was outstanding. Just a great exposure and huge fun. Um, I'm right now the PA voice of the Dallas Wings, WNBA team here in North Texas. And then, yeah, it's not all I do. I do some SMU men's and women's basketball. Yeah. I do Tarleton men's and women's basketball. I do um, uh, men's and women's soccer for uh, SMU. So a lot of different things uh, going on. And like I say, you know, whoever pays me, that's what I'm an expert in. And that's my love right then. <laughs> well, and I saw one of your Tarleton games on, I, I lived in, in the Oklahoma City area and the Tarleton game, I think against uh, Nickel State. It was uh, it was Cody Orgeron quarterback. Oh, McNeese, yeah, McNeese. I'm sorry, McNeese, it was a yeah. February no, game, and it was mm-hmm. like 25 degrees. I think oh my gosh. that game. That was right before we all got plunged into the dark abyss that was that February 2021 storm that knocked out yeah. power to Texas for you know the better part of a week. It seemed like, and um, yeah, that was the first FCS or I'm sorry, the first college football game that counted um, in more than a hundred years in the spring, I should yeah. say for spring yeah. football game in more than a hundred years, outstanding matchup. And yeah, that one was on uh, Fox sports Southwest back then before they switched over to Bally. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so it, I, I've just had um, a lot of fun getting to know the people again at Tarleton. Tarleton was actually my first D2 job before I got Southwestern. I got Tarleton in 05. Now they, um, no, 06. Now I, I got almost immediately fired. It wasn't my fault. I got just got let go. Like the station got sold. And so they, oh. the station owner wanted to do the games. And so I got canned um, after a season of football and some uh, December basketball, but it, it's great to be back there at Stephenville uh, getting to do the SPN plus stuff, help them kind of transition into that. They've been awesome to me. And um, you know, it's, it's kind of that small town feel like Weatherford, honestly, because, yeah. you know, they used to be a D2 town. They're a one horse town with Stephenville high school, outstanding, um, you know, just on the high school side pedigree in all sports. And then as well, big rodeo town too. So it's like, uh, it, it reminds me a lot of Weatherford when I go down yeah. to Stephenville and do those games. Now we just need Swasu to go D1 and, and then, you know, I can, that, uh, you know and then that's where uh, I was going to lead you to the SBN you know, plus there. Let's go. That's right. And uh, bring back John Little. But no, uh, John Mike Smith doing a great job with the play by play on uh, Swasu. Oh, Mike can do, yeah, Mike can do radio. I just want to do ESPN. Oh, there plus. you go. There you Sounds go. good to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to supplant Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, and you're exactly right. I mean, I would have to say that. You know, as as Swasu begins to expand throughout portions of Western Oklahoma, you know, it, it would it would with with Division One football becoming a different entity than what it was two years mm-hmm. ago. I mm-hmm. mean, who's to say what schools don't maybe make the leap because Division One football doesn't mean the same with these super conferences? Am I right? Uh, yeah, and, and I'm not here to start rumors of Swasu becoming a division. No, no, no. We're not I don't that. think that's I don't think that's happening. But the but you're right. A, a change is afoot, and we're not exactly sure what, how all this is going to land. Yeah. Um, you know, it just absolutely no idea. And I hate to speculate because I, you know, I barely. Um, no, I understand it, but I don't want to make predictions about how it's going to be. No, but some people no. are saying, you know, maybe you have three super conferences with about 60 teams. And then what's currently the G5 merges with the top of the FCS. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you want to call that, they play for a championship. And yeah. then, you know, the bottom of the FCS is kind of then like, like a one triple A at that point. Maybe you have some more D2 teams make the leap up to quote unquote one triple A. Maybe you have like three tiers of division one championships at that point and that'd be interesting to see again not predicting it i've heard some people say it's a possibility um but it just goes to show you how the trickle down of texas and ou moving to the sec has changed everybody's thinking i I will say this i have heard rumors of uh, of harding possibly thinking about a division one move and you know maybe if central arkansas decides to go back to the southland maybe harding would be a good pairing and then that starts to affect the great american conference and then you know who knows what happens after that um you know i I, i've heard a lot of people say hey they'd love to see uco move up to division one but it seems like the broncos have no intention of doing so i wish they would i think they would be an excellent fcs institution so those are a few of my um, you know, Great American Conference and Oklahoma-related thoughts on realignment. And we're just talking about how fascinating it could be if, if that were to happen. Personally, just shooting gonna, from the hip. Yeah, that's right. Personally, if I'm going to go out on a limb and make a prediction, I'm going to predict like a uh, English Premier League style, uh, where people, where programs get relegated, <laughs> yeah. you know, every season or, or such as that. Uh, I, that'd be fun. 
not going to happen, yeah. but that would no. be fun because, it, and, the, and the reason it's not going to happen is because of TV contracts and stuff yeah. like that. And you, um, uh, yeah, it, it, that's why it wouldn't happen. You know, it, the, these schools that are going to be part of, you know, whatever the new top of the line, uh, you know, what we used to call the BCS, yeah. you know, whatever those teams are going to be, um, you know, they're not going to let themselves be relegated and they're not going to let the group of five teams or whatever in. No. They're going to, you know, wall things off and be like, this is our baby. And uh, yeah, you're not going to regulate, uh, relegate us. Uh, but you got to say many... my prediction at least gets people stirred up. So <laughs> that's not, well, you know, so um, uh, it's, it's, it's fun to talk about it. It's fun to think yeah. about. How about, how about we, instead of calling it a prediction, how about wishful thinking? Something you <laughs> would love to see. Can we call it that? There you go. Uh, back on your time at Swasu, what was some of the most exciting periods of mm. the of the athletic department that you experienced while you were there? Well, I, I don't think there's any question. For me, it was seeing the rise of the women's basketball team. Of course, it had been so dominant in the 80s, especially um, with Kelly Litch helping to lead the way to national championships and then more championships in the early 90s as well and so but it had definitely dropped off from that time and um you know coach music got there uh coach bond at that point and she brought in this whole new system the dribble drive motion and charlie they were terrible they were just awful that first year it was yeah. uh, you know I, and it's not her fault it was just they she was bringing in a definite um style and she didn't have the pieces yet, but then she started to recruit the JUCOs uh, out in uh, was it Fresno City College, I think, where all the kids came from, or wherever it was. She started to recruit some of the JUCOs kids out in California that knew how to run the offense, and then she started to like get all the good Oklahoma kids. And all of a sudden, we were a power. And you know that uh, Darcy Dick led team that won the Great American Conference Championship, um, uh, Darcy out of Cordell. You know she. Uh, she helped change the face and Samaya Darden helped change the face and the Euler sisters helped change the face of Swasu women's basketball to the point, you know, even before Haley Tucker and um, even before Hayden Pretty came along and uh, just seeing the, the way that that team, um, you know, rose from the ashes was amazing. And I was, I was just heartbroken. They couldn't get that one rebound um, in the D2 championship game against Lubbock, uh, Lubbock Christian. They were so deserving to win that game. Uh, just couldn't grab that one rebound to, to secure that win. But um, there's no question that, I, I mean, there's something to be said from going from a three win club that was barely competitive that first year to going to a national championship caliber team. Um, it, it it takes tireless effort and commitment and work. And I was so in awe of what coach music did there. Um, and uh, of course her going on to Oral Roberts now, I'm so excited to see what that's going to be all about for her. Um, but for my Swasu memories, those are my top memories uh, for sure. Um, coach Kokenauer, um, after losing his wife to cancer, the, the run that they went on um, to make it on to the Texarkana Bowl, 
my last year there, I thought that was really awesome as well. We had some great memories there. And of course, for me, yeah, other than the things that were happening on the field or on the court, it was just the relationships. It was, you know, driving to, you know, Timbuktu, Arkansas with Les Crawl or driving to XYZ, Oklahoma with Mike Smith or Jason Ewing or, you know, whoever was my analyst at the time, you know, uh, doing Thomas football games. I, I mean, I, it just, it just so many great memories with people that really cared about the region and um, man, we had so many laughs. So that's what I remember. Did you have to make a trip to Texoma? Um, they might not have I been. remember if I went to Texoma or not. I mean, I went to, to Goodwell. There you go. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Um, because <laughs> I mean, pretty much all the way up there. So, you know, Guyman, I mean, I've been all the way up there. So yeah. I, I can't remember if we did a game there or not. But, but yeah, I mean, we've been all the way out there to do games. A Beaver went to, did a Thomas Beaver game. I remember that drive back. I remember riding in little planes with, uh, with Harold at the controls, um, you know. Uh, so uh, when we went out to Guyman for a yeah. high school football game, imagine flying, you know, you got a district game and you got to fly out to it because it's just yeah. so ridiculous. Um, I'll, take, I'll take wheels. <laughs> absolutely. But hey, Not against Harold, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Hey, I, hey, is, is, is Mike flying anymore? Does Mike, does Mike fly no, to Arkansas games? So. I think he, uh, I think he wheeled it all the way to Magnolia. He, and, he hates, he hates flying so yeah, much. I, I would be with him on that, but well, and I tell you, I'm uh, trying to fill those shoes as well as the voice of Thomas Terrier football. And uh, they're coming, coming off of a little bit of a drop down last season, but looking to uh, rebound and coach Ward definitely uh, I'm sure got his, got his kids working hard, but uh, you know, high school football. So, uh, so much uh, an ingrained part of, Western Oklahoma culture out here. And uh, since I asked you the same thing about Swasu, talk to me about uh, your most thrilling moment uh, doing a high school game in Western Oklahoma. You know, I think that uh, second year I was there where um, Weatherford went through from a team that was uh, didn't make the playoffs to a team that went undefeated in the regular season and lost to Douglas in the semifinals. Uh, Jake Berrios was on that team along with uh, Kale Sawatsky and the rest of that senior class. It was just so much fun to watch those guys, um, you know, kind of come into their prominence. Kale was, uh, you know, leading the way at the linebacker spot. He was kind of the defensive leader. And then Jake Berrios at the quarterback spot, he was taking over the offense. And it was just fun to see those guys, um, you know, kind of turn things around um for for weatherford and get it back to where it was supposed to be um that uh, there was also um i think it was the last year i was there again weatherford kind of had a a so-so regular season and ran into tuttle a 10 and no tuttle team first round of the playoffs and beat them um and i was listening back to some of that game i think that team that tuttle team had blake jarwin on it i think Mm. and um I uh, and so that was so fun to listen to and just just remember that those moments. Um, so those are some of my favorite Weatherford moments. I, I just loved it. Loved every Custer County conflict that we got to do. Um, man, Clinton's such a just a, a juggernaut. I was so proud to see them win another state title yeah. last year. And then obviously Thomas um, getting back to prominence while I was there as well. Um, I did um, you, you know some of their deep runs in the postseason. I was on the sideline when they won the state championship. Mike was doing play-by-play that day. Um, 
and, uh, you know, just getting a chance to see how much those schools love football was awesome. And it's a different brand of football than it is here mm-hmm. in, in Texas in that, you know, you just don't quite have the resources. You don't quite have, you know, the numbers as far as the number of players and stuff like that. But um, you, as much as I love doing Swansu and I did, there's no question that the, the bond I formed with like the parents on the Weatherford or Thomas yeah. side, it was so much greater or the grandparents or whatever, because people were so tuned in and so thankful for what you were doing. Um, some of those Weatherford girls basketball teams under Rick Wilson and, um, you know, some of the coaches that came after as well. Um, those were so fun. Uh, Coach Tory as well. Um, those were so fun to watch and so fun to, to call. So, I mean, there are a lot of memories. I don't mean to just say everything, but, yeah. um, you know, just the way Western Oklahoma loves football, love doing the uh, kind of the, uh, the, the football roundup on, on Friday night, the pigskin preview. So, and uh, just so many great memories yeah. when it comes to high school football. So, so who's going to be good this year? What do we expect? It's Clinton well, and, repeat? What are, what are we thinking? I was going to add to uh, what you said. I experienced exactly what you're talking about. You know, first play-by-play gig, uh, kind of set loose by Mike Smith, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to do Weatherford basketball. And, and, uh, by the end of the season, I felt like I had some feet underneath me and, and then they both make state semifinal runs. That's and, right. That's uh, right. It was just, it was an amazing thing. And, and that is a very uh, rewarding thing to have parents come up and, and talk to you and tell you, thank you for, for doing the game or to follow you on social media, things like that. But, uh, you know, this year, I think everyone in this area is, is kind of in a rebuilding mode. Uh, mm. In class A, seems like the teams up north of, of our little uh, area here, uh, kind of asserted themselves last year, Hooker and uh, Fairview, uh, and I think they're expected to be strong again this year. Elk City made a state semifinal run last year, lost to Clinton in the semis. Uh, they were they had a really solid team, uh, won a playoff game, obviously, and then uh, you know Clinton trying to trying to repeat. I'm sure they they lost quite a few players, but. Uh, you know, you know how Clinton is. They're, they're going to, Clinton's going to Clinton. And then, uh, and then with Weatherford, I think they realize they, they've got to find, and probably the same thing with Thomas. They've got to find some young players that can come in and, and contribute right away. Just, just from what I'm gathering by the coaches saying. Well, if you get some of those freshman basketball players from last year, you might be okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, and that's the funny thing is, uh, CJ Nixon is a name that I think everybody will be hearing as far as basketball goes. Uh, and, you know, in, in Oklahoma preps basketball, and then he'll obviously play collegiately somewhere. Uh, he's, he's also going to be lining up at tight end, you know, so six, six and, and got some, some quick, you know, quick jerk moves and stuff and, uh, fast twitch moves and he'll, 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 he'll catch something. I guarantee you. And I, I know everybody knows it, but I mean, I, everybody that's in Weatherford knows it, but I, you know, I called his dad's games at Swasu, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I watched little CJ running around, you know, Rankin Williams Fieldhouse as a yeah. three-year-old or whatever it was. And he was so cute, but now he's just enormous. And, and John, he's got skills around the goal that I don't think you can coach. I mean, it, it and I was a six foot one power forward. I know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know the struggle is real. Uh, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of kids that can jump and get up there and then they might clang it off of the board. He's got a soft touch. He's got an intermediate range. I mean, 
He's already gotten offered by Swasu. I mean, that's out on social media. I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm, you know, unveiling anything. No, uh, no, I've, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I foresee him more than likely going D1. I mean, I, if he doesn't go D1, it would surprise me, honestly, because right. he's just going to develop and, and get that much better. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see it. And I'm, I, I'm so glad to see when, you know, Western Oklahoma has kids, you know, like, um, you know, like Ethan a few years ago or whatever that, you know, get that national spotlight. So hopefully yeah. that happens for him as well. And we had out at Arkansas, you know, things like yeah. that. And we had two girls uh, play on ESPN plus Friday night, the uh, Hoffman sisters. Uh, That's great. Abby, a- Addie and uh, Jordan are playing with a uh, select team here in Oklahoma. And, and they were in the finals of a run for the roses tournament in Kentucky. They were on ESPN. There are a lot plus. of Hoffmans out there, by the way, <laughs> which ones are these? Yeah, yeah. These are, there, uh, there, are, there are too many Hoffmans. Um, they're, they're, no, I, 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 I called a bunch of Hoffmans when I was there. I think they're nieces of the vet. I'm okay. not sure. So, so they that might would be, be. So they're probably Scott's daughters then, maybe? All right. Is well, he in, the pool, we'll is he in the pool business? That's right. That's pro- I, I believe that is him. Fantastic. Yeah. So they are, they're both gamers. I mean, and they'll and, hit a three uh, and then sell you a hot tub. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. I'm up for one. It's hot enough. So, but listen, uh, real quick, last topic, and I'll let you go. The are you you're still involved with the Her Hoops podcast? Not currently. No, I passed that off. But the Her Hoops Stats podcast is still going strong. I want to highly recommend it to anybody that yeah. loves women's hoops because I mean we started a great thing there. I did about 80 episodes or something yeah. like that, and then it was taken over. Um, by the rest of the crew over there for me it was just you know it was a great season and it was awesome and I got to talk to some great people um yeah for me I'm I'm concentrating on the play-by-play side but uh yeah and I'm uh I'm just on great podcasts like this as a guest now I have, I'm telling you, know, you what I'm telling you what buddy, you're, one of the, the <laughs> you're one of the finest play-by-play voices I I've encountered in my time and I've I've listened to a lot of radio in the last 40 years but uh you do a great job and man uh Good luck and safe travels going to Stephenville frequently and stuff and uh, and great job keeping everybody updated on on all that traffic and Metroplex. <laughs> Thanks so much. I like that and, shirt, uh, by the way. I need one of those. I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, uh, I'll make a donation. Yeah, I'll make yeah, a donation Heston to Heston. Maybe you can send me one. We'll see what we can do. And uh, I know Harold and Heston and Todd Bruner. They all and Mike Smith. They all miss you. And I throw your name out that I did a little bit of stuff with you. And probably didn't hurt me trying to trying to get on here. Well, I'm so glad that you um, have taken over this spot. And I know that, uh, you know, sports and, and just small market and small town sports is a passion of yours. Yeah. So thanks for taking it over because it means a lot to everybody that's come along in that position, probably especially Chuck. Uh, so we appreciate it. He's a great man also. And I'll, I'll let him know that I visited with you. He he actually subscribes to the podcast. He uh, he. He made sure that I steered him how to listen to the Mike Lee uh, Woody Roof interview. So good, uh, he was he was thrilled to be able to get to hear that. So uh, we we hear from Chuck quite a bit, and and I, I, he'll probably be my next guest. Well, that sounds uh, that's awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much, and thank you, John. Uh, just excited to excited to talk to you, and excited to see how things go for you. You too, brother. You're missed out here, so you take care of yourself. Yeah, I'm glad we got another Chuck to, you know, pick up the slack. <laughs> it helps, doesn't it? Chuck being gone. It does. Right. It does. <laughs>